The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, With your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow, there are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hi, this is Dr. Bonnie, and I am thrilled that you are with us today. And know that you are here by divine appointment. It's not a happenstance. Together we will discover a way to make your life more transitional. You don't have to be sick to feel better. Getting rid of the stress in your life will help you get to a place of joy and bliss. Initially, my show will focus on healing touch and provide listeners with an understanding of available techniques for healing. This information will help listeners move toward their health vision. We will discuss both the business and the science. And today our special guest is Kathy Moreland Leite. And she is really knowledgeable about the science. She is She did her master's thesis on the lived experience of receiving healing touch during chemotherapy for women with breast cancer and has been interested in the biofield research ever since. Kathy, are you there? Yes, I am, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, we're we're delighted to have you. The question that I have to start with is, what is healing touch? Well... In, in the technical terms, it's a biofield therapy that's used to um, clear, balance, and energize the energy field. And in order to understand what that is, you have to understand what the energy field is. And um, it's the idea that, um, not just the idea anymore, but there's, they're certainly starting to be able to realize that we are more than just a collection of cells, that through that there is a, um, an essence to us or a field or an as some people call it, an aura, um, that has something to do with uh, how it affects our physical, mental, uh, and emotional and spiritual health. So the idea is that each one of us has, beyond our physical body, a wider field of energy that can actually be, with intention and heart-centeredness, cleared, energized, and balanced. Great. And how did you become involved in Healing Touch? Um. I wish I could tell you that I was a big enthusiast, but I actually got involved in it as a complete skeptic. And that happened, I guess, in the early 90s. I was a very stressed-out nurse manager in uh, downtown Toronto in Canada, uh, just in case anyone's noticing that accent. And uh, I was um, a dear friend of mine was concerned about me and said, I'd really like you to go see my friend. And I said, well, what does your friend do? And she says, well, she does this thing called healing touch. And I says, is that sort of like therapeutic touch? And she said, well, sort of. It's similar. And I said, I I think I'd rather go have a martini. Um, And uh, she was rather persistent about this, but she wanted me to go see uh, her friend, Susan Morales, um, who was one of the first um, instructors in healing touch. But she, she wanted me to go see this woman to the point where one day she said, what are you doing Thursday? And me, of course, thinking she wanted to go out and socialize, um, I said, nothing. And she said, good, because I paid for your appointment. And um, so you have to go. And uh, so I went with complete skepticism, and my eyes wide open laying on the table to receive my first treatment, sort of like, okay, I've got to go, just so she'll stop bothering me. And the experience was so profoundly relaxing and moving for me that I realized that I really need to learn more about this because um, 
I am a nurse, and I was a nurse working with people with cancer, and I thought, I really need to learn how to do this for other people, not just myself. So that's what sort of set me on my journey, and I took my first class in 1994, and I sort of haven't looked back since. And the world is a better place for your having done that, Kathy. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I think, I, I think it's a better place for me, too, because of uh, the possibilities it opened up for me in terms of my overall wellness and, um, and certainly changed my, my nursing practice as well. Yes. And can you comment on the results of some of the best studies in your work? that you did for your master's thesis? Well, I can certainly talk about my master's thesis, but um, like any master's thesis, it was, uh, it was long and tedious, but it, in, what, what it, sh- it did, actually, it was a qualitative study, which generally um, doesn't look at statistics or things like that, but was looking at what was the experience for these women. I was fortunate enough at the time that I was doing my master's that um, there was a Healing Touch practitioner working at the cancer center uh, in the community where I lived at the time, and uh, I asked her which patients were asking for it the most, and she said women with breast cancer, and so this is why I did this. And so the themes, the themes that I found were, were not surprising to me, but I certainly had to um, put them aside when I was looking at their data, but the themes were basically that these women felt that it was, um, they felt very cared for and cared about through that whole experience, that it had helped alter their sense of time and place and made them feel incredibly safe and warm. And um, one of the biggest findings, too, was that they, they, many of the women shared that they, in, in pausing and finally coming to a place of peace in themselves, they had realized how little they had cared for themselves. So there were a lot of themes of being cared for, cared about, and, and introspection, which are not unfamiliar with, you know, what, if any practitioners would tell you, that recipients would often share with you, like a deep sense of relaxation, um, introspection, and loss of sense of time. And um, there are some quantitative studies that have actually demonstrated change in brain waves for people receiving these kinds of therapies and things like that. So overall, the patients said it was um, a holistic, um, calming experience that they couldn't have imagined going through their chemotherapy without it. And, and that was, obviously, I was very happy with those results. But I had told the participants that they didn't even know I was a healing touch practitioner when I did the research. And so I told them they could say anything they wanted. It wasn't going to affect whether I passed or not. And so it was a very honest appraisal of what their experience was like. And there's been a similar study done that um, showed similar results to that as well. So that was way back right. in the 90s. That was qualitative. Uh-huh. Yes. And are you still doing research, Kathy? Um, I've actually had, I was involved in developing some research and I had to put it on pause uh, for the time being because of, um, because of other issues going on in my life at the time. But um, certainly, I, I certainly keep abreast of what's going on and there's um, some very excellent researchers in the United States. Um, uh, Shamini Jane's doing some work, uh, Susan Lukendorf and Diane Wardell and Joel Anderson in the United States are, are are known to have published papers in, in this work. And you also have some published works. Um, Can you tell I us about say, those? I haven't. My research, my research actually didn't get published because that was my choice at the time. Um, I'm certainly I'm the author of a chapter in the Healing Touch uh, research, research uh, a chapter on Healing Touch research that I have had published, and that was really nice to have happen a couple of years ago. So and I and I do write articles for um, oncology nursing journals and also for um, Energy Magazine. Great, great. So most and of how my do work you f- now, I, I'll just I'll just share with you. Most of my most of my writing now is to help lay people understand research more than actually writing research myself. Is to help people understand and interpret research and to be good research consumers. That's great. Uh, Kathy, can we hold that subject until after break in just a couple or three minutes? But can you tell us briefly, how do you deal with the skepticism about the work? Uh, briefly, I'll tell you, I embrace it because I understand. <laughs> I think sometimes be- I'm, still, I'm still skeptical sometimes, but that's what drives me to learn more. But um, at, at a base level, I, 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 I embrace skepticism and I just ask people to 
um, keep an open mind, and I go where the openness is. I wouldn't call it resistance. I or I just I tend to go where the openness for uh, openness of ideas are, and um, I'm a walking example that you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Um, That's true. Because that was my first, so I'm I'm very open to the skepticism. Just makes us all better researchers, actually. That's true. That's true, Kathy. Uh, so when somebody comes to you and they are lying there on your massage table with their eyes open, mm-hmm. what do you say to them? I'd say, um, I, I really, I usually would ask them why their eyes are open, but if they are open because they're skeptical, I'll just say, um, I just want you to allow yourself for a moment to ask your right brain to take a break because uh, it'll be there when we're finished, and um, just allow yourself to be open to this experience. And if they get off and say, and I have never had this happen, but I am always prepared for it, if they say, well, I didn't feel anything, that was that was just a load of bunk. Um, I, I've never had that happen, by the way, but um, I'm fully prepared to say, okay, <laughs> thanks for trying. That, and that's fine, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm but really the not. Does, go ahead, Kathy. It's really not about imposing will at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's about allowing. So uh, I don't, I don't get too worried about that. Good. And Kathy, if people want to bo- see the re- if people want to see the research, I'm quite prepared to show them that, obviously. And that's what I encourage all um, lay practitioners um, in healing arts to to find someone who can help mentor them in knowing about research, so that they can know what what research studies are the good studies to look at. Yes, and that's important. Mm-hmm. All righty, it's one minute till break time, Kathy. You have anything mm-hmm. you want to just say quickly before we go to break? Well, I think quickly what I want to say is that in learning to do this work, it opens up a community of like-minded and, and heart-centered people that I probably never would have met otherwise. And so uh, we can talk about whether what it's like to be a practitioner versus what it's like to be a recipient. And maybe we can talk about that after your break. All righty. Uh, Kathy, how can people get a hold of you? Do you have a website? I don't have a website currently because, my, as I said, I've had some issues with my family that have um, forced me to sort of back, back away a little bit from my private practice. But I can be reached through email, uh, certainly kmorelandslate at uh, gmail.com. Okay, that's K Moreland, M O R E L A N D L A Y T E, at, at gmail.com. Gmail.com. And if people are interested in looking at some of the summaries of studies, certainly healingtouchresearch.com is one place that they can go to uh, to find some of those summaries or Energy Magazine. Okay. Yes, you have a section in the Energy Magazine, do you not? Yep. Yeah, occasionally, I, it's not an ongo- It's not a monthly feature, but it's you know whenever there's some new research, then I write about it. Great. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. 
Listen every Friday at 12 noon, U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Hi, welcome back. We are talking today with Kathy moreland Leite. And she's the research person for Healing Touch. Uh, Kathy, can you speak to some of the research and how effective that's been and so forth? Well, I think, I think what people need to realize is that there's been over 100 studies, um, published and unpublished studies, done in Healing Touch as an intervention. And these are the types of studies, like quantitative studies, that people like to bring into doctor's offices because they have statistics and things like that. So um, although there's a lot of really, uh, really well-done pilot studies, the, um, those generally don't carry the same kind of weight as uh, well-conducted clinical trials. And what's most exciting is that there have been some recent clinical trials um, looking at outcomes, particularly in uh, populations like uh, veterans with PTSD, uh, uh, patients with cancer, particularly women, uh, female cancers, and um, and, and that sort of thing. So there are some good studies out there that look at, um, that are actually showing up to a moderate effect for some forms of pain relief. Um, uh, definitely lots of studies showing uh, decreases in anxiety, like significant decreases in anxiety. But I think I'd, I'd like to focus for the, because of the time we have on some of the, the key studies that have been done recently. Um, and one of those was a study done um, that was published in Mili- Military Medicine in 2012, um, and it was conducted by Shamani Jane and her colleagues out in California. And it looked at the um, healing touch along with guided imagery for post-traumatic stress disorder in returning active duty military, and it was a clinical trial. So. Um, basically, to summarize it, I would say that it, what they found was that, the, that healing touch and guided imagery plus usual care, so certainly these, these uh, people who were in the trial did not have their usual care removed, compared to usual care alone um, um, on post-traumatic stress, depression, hostility, and quality of life, um, they thought what they found that... Um, just using two sessions of healing touch and guided imagery for a week, uh, per week for three weeks, they showed statistically and clinically significant reduction in PTSD uh, symptoms as well as significant depre- um, reduction in depression for that group that got the healing touch and guided imagery along with their usual care. And the, um, that group also showed significant improvements in their uh, mental quality of, rel- uh, quality of life and cynicism. So... You know, although this study wasn't done over a long period of time, that's because the active duty um, military had to go back. They were actually looking at, um, you know, a pretty significant problem both in the United States and Canada right now with our returning vets. And so that shows a lot of promise, not just for PTSD. And uh, you can't really generalize the results to other populations, but certainly in the military population, this shows some really significant um, help because most of these people don't want to take more drugs or um, and the, there's certainly costs associated with that. So that's one really exciting study that's been done and that again I'll, I'll share is in military medicine uh, in 2012 
And the other study um, that I wanted to focus on was one done by Susan Lukendorf um, and her colleagues at University of Iowa. And this was a um, um, an NCI, uh, sorry, not National Cancer, NCAM, which is um, a funding agency in the United States for uh, through NIH. Um, it was a funded study that looked at the preservation of immune function in cervical cancer patients um, while they were getting chemo radiation. And uh, Susan is not a healing touch practitioner, but had had a colleague, apparently this is the story that she shared, was that a colleague had benefited from it and she thought she wanted to do more research in it. And what's unique about this study, even and it was published in 2010, is that um, what they found in this, in the, again, it was a large sample that was done and it was, they were, um, they looked at uh, a number of outcomes. So I'm just trying to, for the sake of time, looking at uh, getting to the bottom line, is that they, they had one of three groups. So one group got healing touch, one got relaxation training, and the other group got usual care, which was basically just a supportive care coordinator or someone that they could talk to. So all three groups got that person, but the other groups got healing touch and the other and one other group got relaxation training. So they got four weekly sessions of their respective therapies right after their radiation during their six weeks of chemo radiation. And what they found is that um, they used uh, an, an immunology marker. So this is a biological marker which um, as an outcome. And what they found is that the Healing Touch group had a minimal decrease in natural killer cell cytotoxicity. And, and to put that in layman's terms is that within our body there are, are lymphocytes that are called natural killer cells, and these killer cells specifically target um, viruses and cancer cells. Um, it's our body's own way of, our body's own army against these things. But in the face of radiation and chemotherapy in most patients, these, these natural killer cells are wiped out along with the other white cells. And so what they found, what's significant about this study is that they found that the group that got healing touch had the least amount of kill of those cells um, and that it maintained, maintained their ability to fight cancer um, better than the other two groups. That's what the summation is in, a, in putting it in a very simple way. Um, so they also had, um, and this was compared over time, this was um, minimum decrease in their cytotoxicity over time. And the other two groups had this uh, ability decline sharply. So in, in small, again, in summary, it's like natural killer cells play an important role in the prevention of metastatic spread of cancers. And cancer treatment in itself, and all people who work in cancer know this, the cancer treatments themselves actually suppress the immune system that acts our natural ability to fight cancer. But what they found with the group that received healing touch is that this group was able to preserve that function better than the other two groups. So the other two indicators that they had that went well were they had um, significant decreases in uh, depressed mood compared to the other two groups, but there were no other significant observation on toxicity, treatment delays, or quality of life and fatigue in that study. So that was a really, really well-conducted, large-sampled uh, study that was done. Um, which is very exciting because there's, um, again, they used a biomarker, which is a, a biological marker that you can't, can't just be made of based on an impression is basically what we're saying. And that's, the, that's where Healing Touch Research is moving now into actually measuring um, endpoint biomarkers or neurotransmitters so that, so that the whole idea of bias or the idea that you're just saying, you're saying you have an improvement because someone paid attention to you is, is out of the picture. That's out of the picture because you can't pretend that your, you know, your natural killer cells are staying around. You can't just have that impression. Uh, so right. that's that's what's exciting. Good. Well, I'm a excited lot of talking, about it. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, Kathy. Perfect. I yeah. am excited about the PTSD because my son, who was in Iraq, has yeah. PTSD. So I'm excited about that one. Well, there's been, there have been smaller pilot studies, in it, and I'm not, t I'm not trying to negate the impact that pilot studies can have, but in terms of the kinds of studies that carry weight, you generally have to have a sample size of over 60 for anybody to really, anybody who knows research to sort of say, well, you didn't just get those results because that was, uh, that was um, you happened to pick the group 
under the uh, bell curve for any of you taking statistics that happened to have the the positive results. So, so in order to have enough power in your in your sample size, like in this group, you want it, and to make sure that the research is perceived as um, you know, viable to look at that, that, that your results are actually based on fat, you know, are p- probable, is that you want to uh, have a, a larger sample size. And large clinical trials are very expensive to fund and take years to conduct. So a lot of the research that's out there about, about healing touch is based on small sample sizes um, as, and would be called pilots, even though they get published. And that doesn't mean they're, they're wrong, but it, it just, it's, it's the idea that there's no one study that's going to tell us everything, um, but there are some studies that are better conducted than other studies, and you need to understand research a bit more to make sure that you're, you're looking at this research and saying there's actually some viability to this, that this, this and, actually is very exciting. And I'm glad that you're around to explain to the rest of the world how to, how to read the research. And how to to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a lot of respect for the people who are um, conducting the, these studies because, having started to con- uh, develop one, I can tell you that it's not for the faint of heart by any means. It, <laughs> it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work, and I and my hats are off to them uh, because they. And there's a lot of partnerships going on, and that's exciting too. Great. So if this is such a wonderful thing, if healing touch is so wonderful, uh, why are healthcare facilities not embracing healing touch? That's a good question. Um, (laughs) I get asked that that question often. um, and, And I will say this, that there are, I think if you were to ask most healthcare professionals or most decision makers, if it was, um, if someone could provide them with a form of therapy that c- created significant results uh, or significant reductions in anxiety, depression, uh, improved pain, and didn't cost any, didn't cost very much money, uh, I think they'd be interested. But I would have to say that the research at this point is not far enough along for them to take that gamble. And and to be perfectly honest, I think there's so many other priorities. Um, in terms of in healthcare, both in, in the Western world, not just in the United States, but in Canada and and the other developed nations, that it becomes difficult. Now, that doesn't mean to say that there aren't organizations that have embraced energy work, like and healing touch therapy, um, for their patients, and they're seeing amazing outcomes. Uh, there's a ho- quite a number of hospitals who have healing touch practitioners on staff or in um, working. Um, as volunteers, um, I know one of my colleagues, Wally Gertz, is out, is in Rhode Island, and she's work, she's actually a full time uh, nurse, but also a healing touch practitioner, providing this therapy to children. So it's not that um, I think it's it's moving. It's it's certainly much. There's much more openness to it than when I started practicing uh, 20 years ago. Um, but it's mostly that. People need to be able to make decisions based on the research, and I think that um, there's still skepticism because it, it does look strange. Like it, it can be very strange, and so people are worried about, um, in one way, they're worried about uh, people who may be naysayers and how this will affect their reputation, but by the same token, you've got other hospitals who are fully embracing it because people are asking for these kinds of therapies. And, and by these kinds of therapies, I'm talking about things like Reiki, therapeutic touch, healing touch, um, people are asking for things that go beyond pills and drugs and and other conventional therapies. Right. Uh, Kathy, let's go to a quick break, and then when we come back, let's talk about some of the challenges in healing touch research. Okay. It would be great to come back. Thank you. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. 
Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Ayurveda and yoga are ancient sciences to achieve complete health of body, mind, and spirit. But there are many misconceptions about them. By making the science of life a way of life, managing health and preventing disease becomes second nature. Tune in to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with host Anne Holiday. Anne is an Ayurvedic professional and world traveler. She will show you how to apply the principles of holistic medicine to modern living. Join the conversation with her and well-known guests in the field of Ayurveda and yoga. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back. Uh, and I do need to tell you that uh, Kathy's last name is Moreland, and it used to be late, and now she's early. <laughs> well, that would be a miracle in itself, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, uh, so what are some of the challenges in healing touch research? Uh, well, certainly I've alluded to a couple of them. One is... Uh, in order, like the the quality of research, and and there's certain things that you want to look for in a quality quantitative study. These are the quantitative studies. So you want to you want to see that it's um, first of all that you have a large sample size, that the um, that they've been randomized into at least two groups, uh, and that there's been control for how they're randomized, so that there's no bias on the part of the researcher into who gets into what group. Um, Things like uh, how they're going to control for presence in the control group is a big issue in research uh, because um, there's there's known uh, there's a known effect in research where if someone's actually with you and paying attention to you, you're going to actually get some benefit. Now, on the side, I'll tell you, I think that's got a lot to do with energy too, but it's the whole idea that um, you have to control for some form of um, other than the usual care, you have to have some kind of control for presence or for the, the skills. So that becomes extremely challenging, and that's not just for uh, biofield research. That's for um, acupuncture certainly dealt with that, because how do you control for a needle going into somebody? Uh, you can't fake a needle going into somebody, although I think they have come up with some methods for doing that. That's a whole other topic in itself, too. But it's that whole idea of control, and that you're actually that your research method actually... Um, is consistent with the question you're asking, and that your statistical methods are used correctly. So, and have you have you actually looked at all your biases and made or made broad generalizations? So, there's some major major issues, um, particularly um, in sample size, and whether or not you have, because you could. Uh, I'll just give you an example. If you can have a 
a small study, say it's a small pilot study, but you get a positive result, I, I think I alluded to this in the last segment, is that you're not sure if you actually just picked the, the right, you were lucky and picked the right group of people that's significant. By the same token, you could per, also do a small pilot study and not have significance when, in fact, if you'd had a larger sample, you would have had significance. So those are, that's for those people who are like starting to twitch because they're having memories of college statistics courses, that's, that's that whole type 1, type 2 error thing. So unless you have enough numbers to, in your sample to justify your results, um, you can't, whatever you come up with isn't always credible, even, though, even if you have really strong significance or uh, a really, um, you know, like a good confidence interval. And that's, that's a whole other topic in itself, too, is, is the whole issue of are your statistics reported correctly. So, so I'm just saying that funding is probably the number one issue in, um, in doing any form of complementary therapy research because it takes a lot of money to do a really well-conducted study. And uh, so there's certainly people who are getting that money if you go to the... Um, NCAM website, if you search uh, biofield therapy research under the current studies that are going on, there are a number of them, like and it, across um, different age groups, like neonates and children and older adults. And uh, as I mentioned, the study by Dr. Lukendorf and her crew in Iowa um, was, was one of those studies that was reported. So there's, there's promise and hope because we weren't seeing this 20 years ago. Right, right. Uh, Kathy, how has this affected your personal life? Well, I, yeah, I, it's a, it completely changed how I looked at the world, to be honest. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm not the most introverted person in the world, and I'm certainly, um, I, was always, I was always a busy person, let's put it that way. And the work, uh, not only learning the work, but practicing the work, uh, brought me to a centeredness in myself that I don't think I could have experienced any other way. Um, it taught me, I, I was a, I, in hindsight, I realized I was very much a person who was kind of like the canary in the coal mine. I was always picking up on other people's stuff. Um, some people might say I was rather intuitive, but I didn't, you know, I would take on people's pain. I would feel things so deeply that it was affecting me. And when I learned how to do healing touch and started practicing, it really helped me learn to distinguish where somebody else's emotions stopped um, and mine started, and I could still be present to people and empathic to people without having to take on all their stuff, which has really, really been extremely helpful in the work that I do because obviously I was around people with uh, life-threatening illness and really, really serious stuff going on. And so I, I was able to still be compassionate, still be empathic without myself feeling it so deeply that it would affect me physically. Uh, so I found I slept better. I found I stayed more grounded. I stayed more centered when I was uh, just in, in everyday conversation. And now, um, you know, I've alluded to these pauses I've had to take in my career and life is, is that... Um, I was blessed to become the mother of two um, children. Uh, we had adopted two children uh, 12 years ago, and over the last few years, um, their issues with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder have become more and more pronounced. And so in my personal life, I use it with my children. I use it to keep me grounded when I'm um, in the face of a child who's having, a, you know, what I call a... Uh, behavioral seizure as a result of brain injury, and I'm also, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to stay grounded, when I'm talking to professionals who may not understand fetal alcohol um, as, as much as I hope. So it's, it's really helped to keep me calm and grounded and centered um, in all aspects of my life. So That's I, wonderful. Yeah, so... So some of those practices come through learning that work, um, and and I can't I can say I went into Healing Touch thinking I was going to learn techniques to help other people, but in fact it, and and you you'd probably get this from every uh, Healing Touch practitioner is that you have to do your own work first. Um, 
so that you can become an effective practitioner. And so uh, that's what I loved about the program was that it, it brought me through those steps. And I did learn those techniques, but the work it did on my, that I had to do on myself and becoming um, more centered and grounded and aware uh, were the greatest benefits of Healing Touch to me. You know. And, you know, that is one of the tenets of our Healing Touch classes is yeah. self-work, you know, grow, we call it growth work. I think that's yeah. kind of uh, putting a fancy title on. It's not well, it's, easy work. Yeah, it's the self-care, and with each level of the program, the self-care uh, expectations um, become a little more complex because in your very last level before you become certified, you're kind of facing your own demons around slugging through work because there's a lot of work that you have to do, like actual, um, you know, paperwork and stuff that doesn't feel as nice and warm and fuzzy as the actual practice work. Um, but I think that uh, that work in itself brings up your own stuff, your own perfectionism, your, your how do you deal with um, conflict, how do you deal with self-criticism, how do you deal with external criticism um, or feedback, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, so the... the, the the program itself is more than just the energy. Uh, the practice itself um, transformed me. And, you know, I found it interesting. My, my first business, by the way, Bonnie, was called Transformational Touch. So I find your, uh, you know, your radio show <laughs> uh, title very appealing um, because it was. It was transformational and it was um, life-changing. So, uh, you know, people in my work, we, we talk about saltatory leaps, and a saltatory leap is that is a leap you take where you cannot go back. It's like jumping over a, um, a ravine and you cannot go back. Um, once I learned this work, once I was touched by this work, I could not go back. I could not go back to being the same person or being the same practitioner. I use it in my, um, I'm a professor of nursing. I use it with my students. I use it in the classroom all the time. These, these uh, young people are working their heads off and are crazy with uh, demands and um, financial concerns and uh, expectations of perfection and uh, technology and all these other things. And so we use some of the techniques I learned in Healing Touch just to stop and pause and regroup and reground and for them to become aware. So it's got a lot of power and it can be used. Yes, it doesn't it have does. to take a long time. Yes, Yes, it certainly does. And it also, Healing Touch changed my life. And I've been doing it for some 20, 25 years. Yeah, Yeah, I think we've both been doing it. Um, The program started in the early 90s, I think. And um, uh, I was in the second class that was offered in Canada. Um, And and so Susan, Susan who, uh, Morales, who treated me that first time, invited me to come to their class, and um, it was, uh, I'll always be appreciative to her for that invitation, because it it really was an invitation. I've said that that my friend, and I'll say her name, Michelle Chaban, Michelle Chaban changed my life, uh, and I truly believe she saved my life uh, by by paying for that treatment that day, and I've told her that to her face, um, because I, I I wouldn't be the same person, so... Um, in sharing this with others and talking to you in this radio program, there might be someone out there who says, I'm not sure, uh, this sounds kind of weird. Uh, join the club. I was there. <laughs> and yes. um, it, it, on the ri- at the risk of sounding almost like I'm proselytizing, um, I, I would just say the same thing I say to someone on my table, which is, you know, just put, put your right, tell your right brain, or sorry, tell your left brain to take a bit of a rest because the skepticism has kept you safe, but allow yourself to just experience uh, something that might be transformative for you. And uh, in my line of work, we call that emancipatory knowing. It's the aha moments, the stuff you can't quantify. Um, It's those moments where you realize that there's something wonderful happening that you didn't even imagine possible. Right. And And what uh, do you call that? What? I didn't emancipatory knowledge, emancipatory knowing. It's one of, um, because, you know, you've, you've asked me to talk a lot about the empirics, the, like the, the actual, you know, research knowledge around uh, and science around healing touch. But there's different kinds of knowing out there, and one of them is emancipatory. And it's 
um, it's basically the, the kind that you can't really ask a question about. It just happens. Um, but you have to put yourself in situations where those things might happen. And there's never, I can honestly tell your listeners that there's never been one research study that showed any negative impact, any negative side effect uh, from Healing Touch at all. So a commercial for Healing Touch would only take 15 seconds because you know how all your drug commercials take, like half the commercial is listing in very rapid succession the side effects of the drugs? Um, there's never been any other than maybe uh, you can't get off the table because you're so relaxed. <laughs> right. That's, and we that's don't have, so to, have to worry about uh, it if it lasts for four hours, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <exactly. laughs> Call your doctor. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Is there anything else, Kathy, that you'd like to put out there today? Um, I would just say, first of all, thank you very much, Bonnie, for having me giving me the opportunity to share um, how Healing Touch has changed my life and some of the things that people should look for in the research. Um, I would tell your listeners that um, there are opportunities all over the world, not just all over the country, to, to learn how to do this work. And um, certainly I've, I've chose to do my work with Healing Touch program, and that's um, that's a choice people have to make around where they're, where they're going to learn how to do energy work of any kind. And, um, but that I would say there, uh, the thing I like about Healing Touch program is that it's accredited and um, is recognized by my professional body. And it was a, it was a journey um, that I didn't expect. I thought I was going to learn techniques there, but I was learning about how to take care of myself as well as others. If you're just thinking about um, receiving Healing Touch therapy, I would encourage you to uh, take that opportunity and just see if you can find even a practice group in your region or someone who does this work and just try it um, and stay open-minded because... Even the first treatment, you might cry or, or you might laugh or you might uh, fall asleep. But um, those, those things were evidence that energy was moving and um, you never know what can happen unless you try. So that would be my main message to get out there. Kathy, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, I just would like to know if you would do another program on the fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Um, I'd happily do that. Uh, I think there's a lot of parents out there and caregivers who are um, really, truly suffering through this. And uh, it's, I think FASD is this, uh, this decade's autism. Um, not that pa- families working with uh, children with autism are not struggling as well, but I think it's been one of those hidden things that nobody wanted to talk about for a long time. So uh, it's become a huge issue for me, and if, uh, it was it was important enough that I put away put my research down for a while to uh, to focus on that. I, I, I have to tell you, at the end of my life, because I worked in cancer, I never had one person ever tell me they wish they'd finished their PhD. And although I regret that I wasn't able to right now, it's always going to be there. But my children had to come first, so that was uh, I think everybody can appreciate that. So. Um, I'm I'm happy to receive emails uh, if people have questions, and um, it, it's been lovely being here. And and I just want to let you know that here in Canada, uh, we have snow on the ground, but it's probably where I'm calling from is very similar to uh, the weather in Chicago or Detroit right now. So uh, it's I'm not living in an igloo up here. It's uh, <laughs> and uh, and I know you're warm down there. You're warmer down there than we are up here for sure. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break, uh, Kathy, and I would love to thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Bonnie. Take care. Mm -hmm. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about Healing Touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. 
To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Good childhood mental health is critically important. Early patterns of emotions and thinking shape children's behavior from preschool into the teen years and beyond. But understanding young kids can be a challenge. Tune in to Child Psych Central. Discover the kid brain with Dr. Beth Onafrak. Each week, we will reveal how brain function and child development drive young children's daily behavior. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. It's one of the best things that you can do as a parent. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back. I am so delighted that Kathy was was here with us to share her knowledge and her research. And next week, we will be talking about the history of Healing Touch and why it's such a wonderful modality. Dr. Sharon Skandit-Hibden will be with us, and you're in in for a special treat to share Dr. Hibden's knowledge. She and Janet Mintkin uh, were in the beginning of the program. And I would like to thank Kathy once again for sharing her time with us. God bless you, and remember, you don't have to be sick to feel better. Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.